Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today, because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold, but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... What? Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian. <laughs> listening to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus, changing rock history one podcast at a time. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. My name is Lou Lombardi. I am your host of this madcap <laughs> weekly thing that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are uh, all healed up from our illnesses from last week. I uh, had, uh, like, got tested for the, the, the uh, you know what? I'm really kind of tired of this. So I'm just going to, I'm tired of censoring myself. So I got tested for the Kung flu and the regular oh, flu. Oh, thank you. And uh, came up negative, even though I felt like shit. So <laughs> put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh no! I was just hungover. I well, that's not all that surprising. Oh, you know. Shaka! Oh, Lily. Shaka! Like Shaka Khan? Like that? Yes. Lily Khan. <laughs> Lily Khan. There should be a uh, conference called Lily Khan. Oh! <laughs> don't you think? No, I, I think no, so. I don't. Uh, can you kill the light? That's I can still see in the other room, but that's well, all right. No, it's, no, don't close the room. We'll roast. We'll roast. Oh, Later on, we'll roast. go and shut that other light off. We'll take our all right, guys. Off. It is the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. We are back once again. I want to welcome you. Go to LudiniRockandRollCircus.com. And I, I always want to say download the app. That's RockRageRadio.com. Yeah, download come the on app. now. LudiniRockandRollCircus.com. Please sign up. Uh, this gives you access to like knowing when all the podcasts are going to happen because while we typically go live on Monday nights, sometimes things happen, Lily, and <laughs> we don't go live on Monday nights. And we go live another night, and you want to keep up with things like that. Also, uh, speaking of going live, you get access to our private uh, Facebook group. Why do you want to do that? I know Facebook sucks. Facebook is terrible. It's one of the worst <laughs> things in the world. However, this is where we go, um, where we where you can hang, interact with us live on doing our live podcasts, and you know, throw stuff at us, t- tell us dirty jokes, ask questions, which we will probably ignore usually. <laughs> But we do make an effort. We try to say hey to everybody who's in the uh, who's in the thing here. So I don't know if anybody's in there. Nobody's made a comment yet. No, but we've got people watching. Okay, cool. So, anyways, welcome everybody watching. Find out more about that at LudiniaRockandRollCircus.com, RockRageRadio.com. Download the what kind of app is it, Lily? Free. Is that free. Noise. 
is free. I feel free. Is that what you feel? I feel free. I'm glad. Free. I feel like a freak show. Some free of to be you and me. Oh, nice. I feel free to be me. <laughs> okay, hang oh, on, Nelly. Let's do it. There we go. All the things. All right. So we're not. We don't have good levels. On oh my! Oh, no. We didn't do levels before we started. I know. This I jumped is right in. A professional. You got show. excited. That's why. I got all excited. I couldn't help myself. Don't Mr. try Lilly, this at I home. I couldn't help myself. Miss. I got there to go. okay, I'll have better. to edit later. This just Team. whenever shit like that. Like I didn't record the music that I played at the beginning. Yeah, and that's a sh- that so, was really that good. That was actually a good. That was actually it, pretty good. I was, was thinking delightful. like something like a new guitar really inspires you, and that was that sounded great. What I've been trying to do though is get more relaxed mm-hmm. when we hit the live thing because like. All usually when I know it's live, like I immediately yep. just start. I I like I'm overthinking. Yes, <laughs> of course you are. You know, yes. do you do you, Kev do, uh, or Lily? Either one of you guys. Do you one of you guys know who um, Vinny Caliuta is? I know that name. No, I don't. Really famous drummer. Played. He's like on everybody. Hey, Him and Steve Gadd are like on everybody's albums. But Vinny Caliuta is like one of the highest requested drummers. Played with Sting and a bunch of people. Okay, but nice. his one of his famous sayings is. Um, thought is the enemy of flow. Yeah. Ah. So the more you're trying to like think about something to play, the more you're just going to sound terrible. Just, <laughs> you just have to chill, know what you're doing, and do it. And I I've been practicing this for a while, so I'm getting a little bit better. I'm getting a little bit better at it. That was the best one I played, and of course it wasn't recorded. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Right. It's all. It's all right. It's uh. all right. It's all right. I can record something real quick and put it at the beginning if I choose to, or I could just mix it up this time and not. That's all right. It's oh, all good. So anyway, so yeah, rockrageradio.com. Download the app. Why would you want to do that? Because you can hear great music programming. Way more professional music programming, I might add, where people don't forget to like check their levels and everything before they <laughs> mm-hmm. start recording. Yeah. You know, that's uh, one of the things that, that's one of the hallmarks of the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Yeah. It's a sort of loose professional attitude that we have here. You know, we're like light on professional that's how we roll. It's raw and real. <laughs> you got it. You got yep. it. And I need a shave. Oh, boy. Right so now? Maybe when Lily's reading something, I'll run out of a shave real quick. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, that's a joke. Heavens. So, uh, speaking of Lily V6, Wolf's Customs. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. That. Again, we're professionals. I don't like the, I don't like this microphone. I'm This mic. What is this? It's not a microphone. It's, it's called a camera. camera. That is called a camera. I don't camera. like it. Hold on. I, I, this is dry. Oh, okay. That's there better. You go. That's better. That's more okay. like what I'm used to seeing. Good. All right. I'm getting used to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did anybody ever say that? Anybody have parents or anything that or children that said instead of used to it, they would say used of it? No. no. Not used to it. I'm getting used to it. I think Russian kids say yes, that. Yes, he played. Uh, Vinny Caliuta played with uh, Frank Zappa. Yes. Him, that's where him and uh, Stevie Vai met. Um, try not to look at my fatness. <laughs> what is bam, going on on this podcast? I had to. I'm sweating my dick off. Really? <laughs> How did it happen? Well, I started sweating. Oh, look, oh, my face is all red and blotchy. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, makeup. If you're thinking too much about I'm this. Teasing. I'm just, I'm oh, just having fun with myself. Oh, again? <laughs> the third time today. By Wolf's Customs. Sorry, I started. <laughs> Let's get back. I digest. Okay. <laughs> if we've had sponsors that paid us big money, they'd yeah. be like, Ludini, no. get your shit together. We need to talk. Uh, yeah. Uh, go to <laughs> wolfscustoms.online or find them on social media. Why? Because Why? they do amazing refinishing of musical instruments. Guitars, basses, drums, swinette, ukulele, kazoo, whatever Piccolo. your thing is. Mm. What was that? 
Piccolo. Piccolo. Mm-hmm. J- jaw harp. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I'm going to send Chris a jaw harp. Say, <laughs> you, you, can you know what? I want hollow flash yep. on my jaw harp. That would be fun. <laughs> Challenge. You don't hear a lot of jaw harp these days. No, you don't, sir. You don't. Anyways, Wolf's Customs, they do amazing custom uh, finishes on musical instruments. Just just great, guys. I've rat- been prattling on about them for actually years on the podcast. Chris is an awesome dude. Sent me that awesome switch plate behind us there. Um, so cool. Good job. Chris, Chris Underwolf Johnson and company. Check them out. Okay. What is going on? We need to introduce the folks here. So we yeah. have, in uh, sitting to my right, the lovely and talented Miss Lily V6. What's up, all? I didn't do any shows except for Wasp, where I was hungover, and then we missed the show. So there's that. No. <laughs> and nothing coming up until the 30th, where I will be at a Monomarth at Stage AE with you Sissy. you a what? A Monomarth. It's a, a, it's a metal band. Oh. That's fun to say. <laughs> say that 10 times fast. Monomarth. Didn't, didn't the Monomarth fight Godzilla once? That was awesome. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think that's a thing, but okay. Yeah. I don't don't be talking about Godzilla, man. I know. Don't be smack on utmost, Godzilla. Utmost respect. I love Godzilla. Godzilla. Mm-hmm. They say he's got to go. No. Go, go. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah. Go, go, God Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> that was the uh, complaint about the 1996 Godzilla, was they left the God out of Godzilla. He was more like a giant. Yeah. A lot of people complained he was just a giant dinosaur. Although, I did like that design. I thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. I'm completely digressing. We're off the tables here. Eh, Sorry. Lily V6 is not Godzilla. No. But I she might be. be the Godzilla of... Well, she might, she's kind of like Godzuki. Remember Godzuki? Oh, yeah. Aw. No, I'm just kidding. So, Lily is oh, a jock on Rock Rage Radio. We are very honored and happy to have her as part of the yes. Houdini family. Lily, what's going on? You didn't go to any shows. Except for the Wasp show on the Sunday where we didn't have the show the next day here. But then we <laughs> did go to something else. We did go to Leadsmith uh, nice. that Wednesday. And um, that's a combination Led Zeppelin uh, Aerosmith tribute band. Uh, they're very fun. They they take it seriously. Uh, dude can transform from Steven Tyler to Robert Plant. Phenomenally. Loved it. Sounded great. Lou enjoyed it. It was his first time seeing them. I have a question because I missed the Aerosmith part. Yeah. <laughs> when they performed as now, when they did the Led Zeppelin thing, they were four piece. Did they have another guitarist when they did? No. Oh, so they did it as a. Yep. They still did it as a four piece. Yep. Just, but they just, sound great. Just, cur- just curious. They sound great, and they added um, a lot of different songs. They I think they added Jaded and Hangman Jury, which is one of my favorite Aerosmith songs. So I was super excited to hear that. One played because even Aerosmith doesn't play that at their live shows. <laughs> Hmm. That's awesome. That's cool. That's fun. That's, I was I had an argument with a friend after the fact. You had posted it on Facebook, and this guy was going on and on. He was up in my face about how tri- tribute bands suck and all this stuff. Oh, they're supposed to be fun. <laughs> exactly. Also, they are playing the greatest music. Most of these uh, tribute bands are playing the greatest music of all time. Mm-hmm. You know the music from the late sixties through the early seventies. That's the, the most, golden era. Yeah, that's the most important music. And then moving through the seventies and eighties, and of course some of the nineties. But um, that is it. And that music, we, a lot of people never got to see these bands. I didn't get to see Led Zeppelin. Right? I did. So not. when I go hear a good uh, tr- Zeppelin tribute band, it's like it's just celebrating the music. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, uh, I I saw Brit Floyd. 
uh, many years ago. I've seen them. I would love to see him again. I always seem to kind of find out too late. Oh, they were here last night. I'm like, God. <laughs> like damn it. <laughs> And it, that's exactly what they did too. It was a like a celebration of Pink Floyd music. They had they ran like stuff on big video screens behind them, like kind of giving the story of Pink Floyd. Yes. And as I they would do that. things that featured different members, they would come up and like show the members as they grew through the band uh, and stuff like that. That's cool. So it was like it was like a you know, just like you know, it's night of celebrating the music of Pink Floyd. And I sort of felt that way about Led Smith. Like we nobody would there thought that they were listening to Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. It just was sound like great versions, really well executed. Right. And it's just Led fun. It's fun to go and dance to and listen to the music and right. just enjoy your evening. Just. Not to be taken. And the best part about it was how much nice. that show cost as much as a Rock Rage Radio app, doesn't it? It, it did. It was nice. free. It was <laughs> a free show. It was Customer Appreciation Night. So they uh, had a free show, which was awesome. Freak show. Yes, that too. They had a freak you, show. You saw Sissy and I there. You understand. Sissy. <laughs> so that was uh yeah that was that was really cool um i was in the what they do there is they pipe the music into the little ceiling speakers in the bathroom yes <laughs> and it it's really naked like the sound is like it's totally so if you're like a singer's a little out of tune like don like docking you could tell like a, yeah. little, a little off mm-hmm. some different bands but these guys went to the bathroom and was listening to these, you know, cheesy speakers and real dry, like, you know, mixed right off the soundboard. And they sounded great. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like, those yeah. vocals were great. Nice. Rim section was tight. The guitar sounded awesome. That's a hallmark of some guys that know what the hell they're doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought they were really good. They're fantastic. Super fun. And, and really said, nice guys. And you said they're like a regional. Yeah, they're like the Ohio tri-state area. Tri-state. Yeah, we'll say mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Okay, but they are looking to play here more, so we're going to try to help them do that. I would uh, love. To, I would definitely go again. It was a good time. Led Smith, check them out. Uh, we have some new and notables coming up a little bit later on. Um, excuse me, I'm a little belchy today, Mister oh Pittsburgh. My. Hey, everybody. So, Lily. <laughs> oh God. No. Let it no. She's a good witch. Anyway, so Lils. <laughs> What? You, you you're pretty well known. You've uh, got your fans. I'm Pittsburgh famous. I've sure. heard you. I've heard you talk about being out and being recognized. Yeah. And people come up and talk to you, right? So yeah. that pretty much never happens to Lou and I. <laughs> pretty much never happens to Lou and I. Did it right? happen? So today, Lou and I, we were out and about doing stuff. We had to stop into a store, walk in together. We walked by these two guys. What's going on? <laughs> I told you it never happens to us. Oh. We, so we just walked right by them and it was, you know, but I, I'm like, oh. I love so, getting recognized. It's yeah. fun. We're like, oh. It's so like, just, you're Lily Six. We bought our colored folders and left <laughs> staples. I felt I a little sad. I'm like, wow. Yes. Maybe this someday. Sounds, maybe. Someday. Maybe. <laughs> No, Lou gets recognized sometimes, yeah. but usually they're saying, "Is that Lou?" <laughs> Is that Lou? Yeah, that's Lou. Lou, can you can you in- introduce us to Lily? <laughs> that's what happens there. Um, I didn't I'm run a girl. into other than running into you guys. I didn't run into anybody else I knew at that show. I didn't see anyone else either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I think too because I think a lot of musicians have a bug up their butt about tribute bands, so Uh-oh. they didn't go 
to and support it. Which is sad. It's very sad. They have a bug up their butt. Right up their butt, Lou. Oh. No, we can't have, you know. It's, uh, it's, I, I don't agree with it. But anyway, so that's what what's going on. I support all the time. things. I support all the things. All the things. Yeah, all the things all the time. All the things all the time. Who's watching? That guy. Bill Domieno. Bill. And Hal Cohen. Hal Cohen. And up? Rocky. Come on. Rocky. 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 Cool. <laughs> so Sting. Yes. And Paul. 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 Paul McCartney. So they had. Sting and Paul McCartney have similar career paths, Mm -hmm. if you think about it. They were both in really iconic bands about 10 years apart. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. police come on the scene like, what, 1977, something like that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Beatles started in the late 60s, mid to late 60s, over by the early 70s. The, the police have a similar kind of path. They do the, what, my 10 years, eight years, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then Sting goes off and has a massive solo career mm-hmm. and becomes like a kind of cultural icon of the of the era. Right. You know, just, you know, just kind of very, very recognizable, really for at least two decades. In the 90s as well, Paul McCartney, very similar. You know, the Beatles, of course, and then goes on and does Wings and has a bunch of other projects and solo things that he does and works with a lot of famous people, just like Sting, goes out and does records with other, uh, puts out songs with other famous people. Michael or, or Paul McCartney works with Michael Jackson. You got Sting working with people like uh, Brian Adams and different stuff like that and, you know, collaborating on different, on, on different things. Okay, both bass players, mm-hmm. both like really well loved bass players, by the way, influential, right? Like, sure. You know, right? Uh, both great singers, yes. Both great songwriters, right? Yes. Interesting, right? Right. So <laughs> yes. Now we have to we have to kind of just have to put this out there because there is Paul McCartney has the unfair advantage in the sense that he's got like a 10 year head start 10 12 year head start on Sting mm-hmm. I don't know and I've never heard Sting say this but it just seems to me that Sting sort of was chasing kind of what Paul McCartney was doing in the sense that you know doing the band thing then doing the solo thing, doing the collab thing. The thing about the police, though, is they did reunite. The Beatles never reunited. But the, the police did reunite for what they did. What were they tour? About three years, two, three years? I think so. Where they kind of yeah. just, you know, to kind of give everybody a big, like, everybody's been bugging us to get back together. And so, <laughs> well, here you go. Thing. So they went, yeah. they went and they did all that. And there's, there's DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff of, of, of all that sort of thing. The Beatles, of course, did not have the opportunity to do that because members kept dying. Yeah. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Yeah. Paul McCartney, though, is still putting out really good records. Mm-hmm. He's not crushing the pop charts, but the independent in the college stations play him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's solid stuff. I have not heard his new record, although I have heard that it is pretty good. 
Um, so that's to his credit because a lot of guys from that classic rock era, what are they doing? They're just touring on their hits. Yeah. Right. You know, so yeah. he is going out. My, my sort of criticism of him is that he should play that music live. I don't think he's doing much of it live and mm-hmm. he should, he should be playing. He should be treating it just like. That know, would be a sold out yeah, show just, every just, time. Yeah. Just, just, you know, just as if, you know, he's touring on his new record. Exactly. Yes, I'm going to play. Yes, you know, I'm going to do a medley of my hits or whatever, but I'm going to mostly play a lot of. I play a lot of stuff from my new record. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sting, of course, is you know he's still a, a viable artist. Again, he's moved into that album adult alternative sound, mm-hmm. like a lot of people have, like Springsteen has, like John Mellencamp has, like a lot of, uh, uh, you know, they've moved into this different thing. So people over the age of like forty and up who listen to, like here at Pittsburgh, we have WYEP, you know, they're, they're, they're buying those records right. and, listen, and, right. and listening to that music. And, you know, some, just like Paul McCartney. So stink, So they have very similar things going on. So what I would like to do is, who would you want to start with, Lil? I know Lily's going to get background up here. you going to start with Sting? Yeah, Sting's first on Let's go ahead and do some Sting. So as <laughs> Lou said, basis for um, the police from 1977 to their breakup in 86, then the reunion. Uh, his solo career started in 85. He includes elements of rock, jazz, reggae, classical, new age, world beats, all those things. He's, he's not shy to try anything new. Uh, he received many awards, 17 Grammys, three Brit Awards, a Golden Globe, an Emmy. Every Breath You Take has a BMI award, uh, becoming the most played song in radio history. Bowel Movement International. Yes, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, with the Police, Sting became one of the world's best-selling artists, uh, solo uh, and with the Police uh, combined. He has sold over 100 million records. Um, and also, Lou said he collaborated on uh, a bunch of stuff. Uh, the w- one I'm going to mention is Money for Nothing with the Dire Straits. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. There are several other others. I'm not reading the whole list. tell you a story about that, but go ahead. Um he visited nightclubs when he was younger to uh, see Cream and Man for Man, who were his influences. He gained his nickname after the, uh, his habit of wearing a black and yellow jumper with hoop stripes with the Phoenix. Um, I totally like threw something off there. I don't. I missed something. Anyways, when he was ever whenever he was seeing Phoenix Jasmine, he, he wore this uh, outfit that looked like made him look like a wasp. So he got the name. The Sting. guys call we call yeah. him Sting. Yeah. Um, he's one of the artists uh, who have become. Involved in human rights since 1981, so he does all of those um, charitable concerts, the big ones like Band Aid and um, Live Aid, and all the things I don't even know. Uh, Live Eight, yes, live, that live, one. Live Aids. Live Aids. <laughs> wow. The Aids are live. I can't. It's a diet you. candy. <laughs> um, he's got 15 solo studio albums, and uh, the Police have five albums, three live albums, seven compilation albums, 12 video albums, four soundtrack and albums, and 26 singles. So there's a lot going on. Oh, and he's in a ton of movies. He's oh, also yeah. in a ton That's of right. movies. Yes. That's right. And I don't think Paul McCartney has an acting career. He Not does. really. Does a little bit. He has a list as well. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Yes, well, like this long. Throw it out there, Ooh. girl. Let's hear it. But. Um, Sting. So I forgot to mention, they were both actors. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, he has a film and television and radio roles. So there's Quadrophenia, Radio On, The Great Rock and Roll Swindle. And these are not his him. These are his, he's like playing different characters. Artemis 81, the list goes on. Like he's in like 20. The Bride. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. in like 25 different Dune. things. Yes, Walking to Dune. New Orleans. Dune. Yes. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, which ah. I totally forgot mm-hmm. about. It's a good movie. And then there's a ton of, there's a whole list of him playing himself in a bunch of movies as well. So. Lots of things that he does. Wow. 
Lots Quite of versatile, isn't he? He is. So <laughs> the, the thing with him collaborating with Dire Straits. Okay. That was uh, <laughs> they were they, they were those guys all know each other. I mean, when you get to the level of Sting at that at that time in '84, whatever that was, mm-hmm. whenever mm-hmm. Um, Brothers in Arms was coming, they were probably recording in '84, '83. It came out around. They were, you know, they, they all hung out together. They all knew each other, Mark Knopfler and, you know, knew Sting. They were buddies and everything. And so he goes in. So they, they brought him in to sing, you know, I want my, I want right. my MTV. Yeah. To the, but what people don't realize is that's actually the melody to Don't Stand, Don't Stand, right. Don't Stand So Close to Me. Yep. And Sting's publishing company <laughs> sued <laughs> Dire yeah. Straits yeah. over that. And he was really embarrassed because he didn't. He was like, "I didn't go and do it for money. I didn't, you know." Right. He said, "These are buddies of mine. Money for nothing." Thought, yeah, oh. I thought it would. Yeah, money for nothing. He said, "I just, yeah." He said, "I was just trying to like oh. ironic." Huh? He said, "I was just trying to like just have some fun with you know Mark and the guys. We thought it'd be cool." <laughs> and and you know th- then this whole shenanigans happens and what he's how he ended up resolving it was was yes they had to. Take, they took some roy- they had to take royalties off of money for nothing and go to go back to Sting's publishing company. But what Sting's publishing company did was they created like a rider or something in their contract where that money, once it came to them, went back to Dire Straits. Oh, okay. So he gave That's it back because cool. he was like, "I don't." So they loopholed it. Yeah, I don't want the money. Thanks for the loan. Just, Here's yeah, your money back. Yeah, I just, you know, I just really wasn't. Wow. I didn't go and do this. So I was having a good time. You know, like I, you know, at that point, I mean, Sting didn't need the money. No, you know, he didn't need the money. Uh, Sting was a seminal artist for me. I never really idolized celebrities or. Rock stars, believe it or not, is you know being a musician. I, there's a lot of bands I, I absolutely love, and they played their records over and over. But there was nobody who I wanted to be. Really. Okay. Mm-hmm. With the the closest I ever came though was Sting. I thought, just what an amazing songwriter, what an amazing singer, what an amazing musician. So I, I had a sort of I had a little bromance with Sting in the '80s for a while. I was just really blown away I bought his um, first three uh, stu- uh, solo albums just thought he was absolutely fantastic eventually I was on to other things but the thing that that I think distinguishes Sting from Paul McCartney in in the terms of the musician aspect of it is that he does have jazz chops he could put him in a band with playing jazz, playing bass, playing jazz standards, and he would be completely fine. You would just—he would sound great. McCartney doesn't really come from that pedigree. Right. He's not really from. He's not really doing that. Although he has musical background, I think he played trumpet originally. Um, His dad was a jazz player. Okay. So, but he doesn't have the same kind of thing that Sting does. No. That with, with with the jazz thing, and that's something that. If you sit and learn any, listen. Here's the fun thing about Sting songs and Police songs: all they're very difficult to play, like acoustically with like cowboy chords. Right. You just can't like yeah. strum. Not <clears throat> some of them you can, and some people have done. Um, Sean Colvin most famously did uh, every little thing she does is magic, with a kind more of acoustic-y kind of sound to it. But really, 
all these songs are like, if you look at the sheet music, you know, it's, you know, A minor seven over C slash, <laughs> you know, yeah. B add nine, you know, like a chord changing, you know, almost on every uh, word at times. I still can't figure out how to play Fortress Around Your Heart. That's one of my favorite songs that he ever did. <laughs> it's so he's just really it I think that what he what he was able to do musically by combining by bringing in jazz is um really was really fresh, was really unique. I, unfortunately didn't catch on in terms of other bands doing it. When you think of bands that like bring some jazz into what they're, who do you think? Oh, Steely Dan, that's the first thing. Right, sure. And then like Blood, Sweat, and Tears uh-huh. has has some of that. Sting slash The Police, you know, this is a handful, and it just seems like it was one of those things. And I just don't know if pop musicians, most of them, just didn't don't have the musical education to do that type of stuff or the musical vocabulary I should say to do that type of stuff. Now, Sir Paul is no slouch on the bass and he's an amazing oh. musician and uh, none of this is to take anything away from Sir Paul. I'm right. not trying to take anything away. He's, he's a monster musician and we're going to talk about Sir Paul here in a second. But that was just sort of my what was your sort of thoughts, Kev? We grew up at the same time like were you were you into Sting at all? Or? Yeah, I was into Sting and the Police, and it's so funny because being a kid, not really knowing much about music, I remember this band coming out in Police, and the music was different. I couldn't put my finger on why it was right. different until somebody's like, "Well, it's it's really a reggae based kind of sound," and I'm like, "Oh, they really had a reggae going on yeah, for sure." I'm like, oh, but they made it work so that rockers. Liked it. Yeah, I'm like, there you go, perfect. They, yeah, they 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 did that, and, and their first album, <clears throat> even on their first album, there's cool chord changes and, mm-hmm, and things mm-hmm. like. I can't remember the name of the first guitar player that they that they started playing with. Him and Stewart started playing with, but Sting just couldn't wait to get rid of him because he's like he didn't know any chords. Yeah, he's like the guy just like, wasn't like. Gonna, you know, Sting's like, I'm gonna play some chords here. I'm gonna play some different notes. You better know the chord. Exactly. He didn't. So enter Andy Summers, who's a monster. Mm-hmm. So yeah, th- were you a Sting fan, Lily? Or um, yes and no. Uh, I forget about the Police and Sting quite a bit until I hear a song, and I'm like, oh yeah, I like yeah, that I song. It was good. You know, I remember I like that song, but it's not like it's not like Aerosmith for me. So. Right, 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 <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. They're no Motley Crue, Lou. Right, or that. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> They were also one of those bands that really thrived on MTV. Yeah, yes. for sure. Yes. They were really, they had videos they had a, they had a huge early. Presence. So mm-hmm. they were, like Kevin and I were talking about this morning. Would you say, how many videos did MTV have when they came on the air? When they first went on the air, they had about 100. And so you got to figure 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and they only had 100 to put in the rotation. So bands like The Police yeah. ended up getting a lot of play mm-hmm. because yep. they had videos. So they were able to, they were really able to get a lot of exposure. You know that was one of those that was one of those things and like it happened. So people will say, "Well, it wasn't for MTV. Nobody would." Well, MTV happened. Like it just, and so, I think it was going to happen, right? You right. had television. You had massive music industry. Yeah, you they had cable TV. Something was that happen. people could get all around. They could get the same programming all around the country, all around the world. Even it just kind of was like 
somebody was going to have the idea right mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to do like 24 hours of music on television somebody was just just was going to have that idea it just makes But the police sense. really, really did benefit because of MTV. You think about all the bands that came out. Okay, they benefited because of the, uh, MTV. The Police, Culture Club, Men at Work, Wham. Mm-hmm. There's so many bands that, yeah. didn't, you know, really, they really were M- children of MTV. And then, and then uh, I think, too, hand in hand is the hair bands. Oh, yes. Oh, of yes. course. You know, the, and <laughs> because a lot of those bands to this day don't get played on classic rock radio. No. Yeah. You, you know, almost never hear like a band like Warrant, you know, as great right. as they are played. Right. You know, the classic rock stations. Faster Pussycat, you, you don't hear them. Yeah. Never. You saw them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, they will play, you know, some selections from Quiet Riot. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Also with those hair metal bands, though, it was all about the look, so they had to be on the exactly. TV. Exactly. <laughs> I don't, uh, well, that is true, but I think that those bands were, I think they had their ear to the ground. In fact, they knew that MTV was a thing, and they were like, "If we have a look, we know we can get exactly. seen, yeah, we can get noticed." For sure. So, you know, and there was a lot of bands from the '70s that just they did videos and stuff, but they didn't like. Oh, we were talking about Kansas before. Mm-hmm. Can, you know, you ever see a Kansas video? No, it's embarrassing. Thirty Eight yeah. Special is the one for me. Oh, that yeah, yeah. Uh, don't ever do a music video. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. like. I was like, God, you know, they just have faces for radio. Yep. Yep. <laughs> just not, just did not look real photogenic or, Mm-mm. or you know, hip or cool or whatever. They were even able to make, you know, and it's funny because uh, bands like the Fabulous Thunderbirds and Stevie Ray Vaughan were actually able to have hits on MTV. Right. You know, yes. you know, but some of these classic rock bands from the 70s just mm-hmm. could not do it. It didn't translate. Nope. You know, how many Doobie <laughs> Brothers videos are there? Yeah, I don't even know. Like zero. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So probably for the best. Unfortunately. So yeah. so yeah. let's go ahead and talk about Sir Paul. Okay, Sir so Paul. <laughs> Worldwide fame with the Beatles, as mm-hmm. we all know. Um, primary songwriting and lead vocal duties with John Lennon. It's that duty. What I did. <laughs> One of the most successful composers and performers of all time. Um, he has um, explored with pre-rock, uh, pop, classical, electronica. Again, not afraid to try new things. Mm-hmm. Um his partnership with Lennon remains the most successful in history as far as songwriting goes before anybody gets snarky about it. Um, McCartney taught himself piano, guitar, and songwriting as a teenager. And he, his um, favorite people, as far as influences go, are Little Richard and Buddy Holly. Um, started with the Quarrymen with John Lennon in 1957. Of course, that became the Beatles. Um, while pr- primarily he is a bassist with the Beatles, he also can play keyboards, guitars, and drums. Mm-hmm. He's very talented. Um, but after the Beatles dis- disbanded, he formed Wings with his wife, Linda, and uh, Denny Lane. Wings was one of the most successful bands in the 70s, and he wrote or co-wrote their U.S.-U.K. number one hits, My Love, Band on the Run, Listen to What the Man Said, Silly Love Songs, and Mole of Kintyre. I don't know that one. Sorry. <laughs> he resumed his solo career in 1980, and he has written or co-written a record 32 songs that have topped the Billboard Hot 100. <laughs> He has sales of 25.5 million certified units in the U.S. Wait, okay, well, how many does Sting have? I didn't find that information. I couldn't find it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you had some statistic about Sting. Yeah, I had his awards and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, as of 2020, he is one of the wealthiest musicians of the world with an estimated fortune of 800 million pounds. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that is in U.S. 
Uh, beyond music, he has taken part in projects to promote international charities, just like Sting has. He's um, animal rights, seal hunting, landmines, vegetarianism, poverty, music education. He's got his hand in pretty much anything. Um, he's participated with Live Aid, Fairy Aid, Li uh, Live 8. Um, and I can't pronounce some of these, so I'm not going to. You can look them up. He, the one thing I don't like is he is all about anti-fracking, which is my primary career. So yeah. We don't like that part of it. But that's oh, okay. frack oh. <laughs> 16 solo albums, seven Go wings. frack yourself. Seven wings albums, eight other albums, uh, five classical albums, and three albums from the Firemen. There it is, and that's uh, that that's another band. Right yeah, right. So he's they're about like here ish. Him and Michael Jackson, yes, had songs together uh -huh. in the '80s that were big MTV hits. You know, he was he was he was a guy that was able to go to MTV mm -hmm. and do some stuff for sure. Smart was doing that before Carlos Santana did it, like ten yes. years later uh -huh. in the uh, in the '90s. But still, smart and good on Carlos. Glad Carlos, glad that that happened as well. Oh, and he was in a whole bunch of movies, too. He actually has more movie credits than Sting, Sting really? What's by far. But most of them are his self, to be right. fair. Okay. But he's, he's acted from 1964 until literally 2018. And well, that's we've right. Got, well, like, the Beatles had, like, Hard Day's Night and all those movies yeah. and stuff like that. Where they ran around. It was basically... It's them. over 40 credits. Wow. So like them a, running around and, yeah. you know, people's girl, girls screaming. And yes, yes. <laughs> I think my, one of my favorite cameos is uh, Tracy Allman's, uh, was it They Don't Know About Us, where at the end she's driving in the car with Paul McCartney. Oh, fun. That was, <laughs> that was really cool. Like, look, it's Paul. I, um, Paul McCartney was kind of, uh, what was he to me? Uh, he, was a, he, uh, he was like a generation before me. Mm -hmm. I was getting into music in the early 80s. So... And those 70, there was plenty of 70s bands that were still getting played a lot. I mean, the rock, classic rock stations were playing the Stones and the Beatles and Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and all those bands. <clears throat> so when he would come on the radio, there was always this sort of, he, his music always sounded a little arcane to me. It always sort of had that sort of flavor of the old days. In my right. mind, in my mind mm -hmm. <laughs> remember guys in your i mind. heard eric i heard excuse me i heard eddie van halen before i heard Jimi hendrix or eric clapton right okay so mm -hmm. that's how i can't go how i got into music i kind of had to go backwards the beatles though were ubiquitous like i had i knew who the beatles were you know it, my parents liked to listen to the oldie station so right. we were very familiar with i want to <laughs> hold your hand and hard days night and love me do and eight days a week and all those songs, we thought, I remember thinking that, I say we, when I say we, I'm usually referring to my sister Paula. Yes. And I, okay. As we're growing up. <laughs> yes. But they were, uh, I got interested in the Beatles finally when I don't remember, I think it was a Westwood One radio uh, um, network did this program called, it was 20 years ago today. And they would run these long radio documentaries documenting almost everything that the Beatles did. Like, <laughs> kind of like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like literally, absolutely 
their whole career. They, and I don't know if it went album by album or year by year, but it was a long series. And I remembered it would play like on Sunday afternoons, mm-hmm. and then I would listen to it. And I was, I got really, I became like re like a fan. I was mm-hmm. like, damn, these guys are like really serious. I didn't, I didn't put it together, you know. And then I realized, oh yeah, I am the Walrus and come together and let it be. You can go on and, and, on, on, and on and on. So, <laughs> um, I think in terms of overall impact, we have to kind of give it to Paul McCartney for sure. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just like I said, though, it's, he has the unfair advantage in the sense that mm-hmm. he was he in the up. fucking Beatles, right? <laughs> okay, and he has a ten-year or so head start on Sting. Um, Sting does list uh, the Beatles as like one of his influences for sure and they were no they were they had their share of songs that were intricate i mean paul mccartney wrote yesterday mm-hmm. which i believe is the beatles song that has the most chord changes hmm. interesting you know he plays the guitar riff on blackbird which is one right. of the like you know if you're studying finger picking you one of the songs you learn you learn dust in the wind you learn Blackbird. Black there's a, you know, there's a handful of songs that really help you with that. <clears throat> I'm actually not a fan of Paul McCartney. However, I, and the reason I, I have my, re- I'm actually not going to okay. say the well, reasons. I'm not going to say because it's petty and stupid. Because of fracking. No, not fracking. Actually, it has nothing to do with the fracking. <laughs> but he is my least favorite of the Beatles, and it's just. I just find him very annoying. So I want you. I want to know he why. Like, he because likes you. He doesn't like me. He, he might told actually me. like me. I'm not, but I'm not blonde enough. It's because he's oh. a dirty hoe and he has cheated on everybody he's been with. And just, well, I just do not beetle? enjoy him. And up? actually, I just don't know. I just find him very annoying. Look, a bird. Comes I can't along. stand looking at his face. Just, it's kind of like he a was Getty considered thing. the cute beetle. Yeah, all the girls thought Pete. I get it. Uh, that uh, Paul was the cute beetle. <laughs> he looks Pete? the youngest. Pete McCartney. <laughs> he wasn't the youngest though. The youngest is George Harrison. George is my favorite Beatle. George. But, yeah. That was fun. That was a thing, right? Who's your favorite Beatle? Yeah. Yeah. Uh Who's your favorite Beatle? Oh, it still is. (laughs) It still is. Um, I I was listening to a mix of Paul McCartney today on Spotify, and I heard one of my favorite Paul McCartney songs. Um, no more lonely nights with David. Gilmore. Oh, oh yes. man, I know that's that was a great yeah. like long outro with David uh-huh. Gilmore playing the solo. Yep. It's like yep. that makes the song. What is a beautiful song? Yeah, but David Gilmore's guitar gives it a kind of a rock edge. Like that's a song that even though it's a pop ballad, mm-hmm. the, the rock stations played it because yes. David Gilmore's yes. on it. And he sounds great. Yes, <laughs> sounds freaking great. Um, in I don't know, it was about twenty years ago or so. They went back to the Cavern Club. It was Paul McCartney, and it was like kind of an all-star lineup. It was definitely Paul playing, and David Gilmore was playing guitar. And I can't remember who the other couple guys were, but they went back to the Cavern Club. I mean, they played all those uh, with Little Richard songs and all the stuff that they came up. And there's there's a, there's a concert video of it out of it out there somewhere. <clears throat> but it's you hear them, and yes, Chuck Berry and Little Richard stuff like that. But the beat, but they went. Way beyond that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. What they were, what they were able to do, it's just what they could hear. Right. They would hear things, um, and they were able to make it work in a in a rock context. Um, uh, little Stephen Van Zant, I heard him talking about it one time that somewhere there, like when rock, when rock and roll died, uh, when the Big Bopper and Buddy Holly and Richie Valens died, and then we had the folk 
Right. Mm -hmm. When it came back, it wasn't rock and roll. It was rock. Mm -hmm. And the Beatles were really responsible mm -hmm. for that. You know, what what would have happened if we never had a British invasion? Let's say the Beatles like had a, had those early records and then they broke up before they did anything right. like Rubber Soul yeah. or where they started to get a little bit more. I kind of feel like there was a whole movie that showed what would happen if there were exactly, no Beatles. Right? <laughs> that movie is, is bullshit. You just oh, don't like that movie, but I whoa. think that movie is fantastic. I, that, I like movie, that movie, Sorry, I'm going to tell Lou. you right now, Sorry, Lou. there's so many things about that movie that are completely off. You have the, the Beatles were a... Um, they were responsible for so much. There's so many things that we would not have. I don't know if we would even have a rock scene in the 70s or anything like that if we didn't have the Beatles. I like that movie. You have to suspend disbelief. I liked a lot of things. Well, I thought that the premise of the movie was, well, what would it be like if we didn't have the Beatles? And I thought it was like, well, we just didn't have the Beatles. Everything else is the same. That's not what happened. No, it wasn't the same. Remember, he was trying to look up a whole bunch of things on the internet yeah, and everything. But, like, there were no Rolling know. Stones. There was no... Uh, Oasis. Oasis. <laughs> there was no Coca-Cola. There were no cigarettes. I know. Like, there were things that just weren't a crazy. <laughs> the Beatles. No Harry Potter. Yeah, that was that was a great... Yeah. Alternative ending. I think the world would have ended if the Beatles didn't happen. I'm just you kidding. Think? Really? I am a massive Beatles fan. They're all great. Paul McCartney, though, I'm kind of with Lily in the sense that he was never my personal favorite mm. Beatle. George Harrison really had my soul. That's yeah. I just me. thought he was great. I like Pete best. <laughs> Pete Those fuckers fired him. Stuart Sutcliffe. <laughs> yeah. George is where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, also, he writes more of my favorite songs. So. Um, and the, and the sort of uh, complaint—I don't even like the word complaint. It's not a complaint, but the sort of comment is that well, when Paul stopped working with John Lennon, that his music lost some of its like rock edge mm -hmm. because John was John was kind of was always the guy who was sort of pushing the more edgy, okay, yeah, edgy kind yeah. of sound. You know, if you listen to Plastic Ono Band and stuff like that, it is a little bit more. Oh boy, um, not that. What a great vocals, great vocals. So, so what? So, so, Mr. Pittsburgh, what are your thoughts on Paul? So Sir I, Paul. Well, uh, um, <clears throat> I was going to contrast the two of them when when we're done talking about Paul. I have I have a a different angle. Well, talk about Paul. Can you talk about Paul or not? So uh, again, um, uh, when I was exposed to the Beatles, wasn't really. Did they expose I... themselves to you? <laughs> yes. Show me the I hope doll. You got photos. Show... I do. Okay. I do. But um, you know, when I first started listening to rock and roll and the Beatles, oh, this is cool, right? But then when I started playing bass, and I went back and I listened to his bass lines, I'm like, whoa, that really okay. It's not just the old from the fifties. No, it's like, you know, like, Whoa. well, they gave, they gave Whoa. everybody permission to yes. like experiment Explode. and do really take it in a different direction. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that changed the way I started playing bass too, is listening to him. And I'm like, oh, let me try that. Oh, that does sound good. Right. So yes, Paul, Paul is an influence of mine. Okay. Yes. Um, so I don't know. I think I've kind of like said what I have to say about it. So go ahead. All right. So here's contrast a little here's bit. A so little we're different just kind of going through. This. I want to hear an angle. Now both of these fellows, bass players. Yes. Hey Lou, you know me, right? I'm a gearhead, right? right? So let's take a look at their 
iconic basses. All right, you say you can sit back and relax, have a sip of that white claw there, sister. We'll get back to you in a minute. Paul McCartney, what kind of bass? Hoffner. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. This might you might get this one. A sting. What kind of bass? It's a Fender. Or something. It's a fifty-seven P bass, right? It's a so, P bass. Okay, so I let's I take. Remember a, it was a P. So I'm going to step. Right, it's a P. It's not yeah. Jazz, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I step back. All right. Hofter's kind of cool. Very unique violin bass. Blah blah blah. Okay, right. But oh boy, you can't you can't beat a fifty-seven P bass, right? He has a fifty-five as backup also, but you can't beat that. But hold on, you think that's the end of the story? Well, the fifty-five, what, what, the fifty-five is the one with the people call it the Telecaster. The Telecaster, but, but it's not bass, really. Yeah. No, there's no, no such thing as that. Which yeah. is a precision bass. Yeah, right. fifty-seven is when it really. I learned the that from Five Watt World. But See, there you go. <laughs> But uh, so in that case, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I got to give it this thing because you can't beat a 57 P bass, right? But hold on, the story doesn't end there. After Paul leaves, well, no, he was still in the Beatles when this happened. What other bass did he play? That's right, Rick. The Rick and Bacher. Oh, Paul. Rick and Bacher. Rick and Bacher. Yeah. That's, no, you can say Rick and Bacher. That's okay. You know. So I'm like, oh shit. That's what I said. I said, oh, shit, when I was thinking about this. I'm like, I'm going to have to give it to Paul with the Rickenbacker because I love me a Ricky. Ricky, don't so, lose that So number. you're basing your, I don't, I, this is compare and contra, not like who's better. Right, um, no, no, it's, it's who's better. What, it, what, dude, your gear makes what's you the, better. What are the comments, Lily? We have already read them all. Yeah. <laughs> They're just sitting back They're just awe. watching what we're doing. They're just sitting back in awe out there and. Facebook They're waiting land. for us to get naked. That's the whole thing. Okay. Well, Lou started. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to I'm going to remove my pants. <laughs> what, I you, see your shirt coming off, and I remove my drawers. Thoughts, though, like between the two guys. <laughs> well, I can't say anything about their gear. Um, if I, if <laughs> well, good. That's Pittsburgh Kevin. I think mm-hmm. they're both. Um, they're very similar, like you said before. They're, they both have done all the same things that the other one has done in a way, and. Like I said, I just don't like Paul, so I'd, I'm going to go with Sting on it just because I just like him better. I like more songs that he's on. I like Paul better in The Beatles. I don't like him in Wings. They're both fantastic, but it's just, you know. Yes, yes. <laughs> Sting is And they've sex- both done so much. <laughs> Sting is sexier, you got to admit. He's quite sexy. Sting is pretty sexy. Right. And a bloody thing all day. <laughs> <laughs> We're so sorry. <laughs> Easily called away. Um, and isn't Paul dead anyway? <laughs> yeah, Paul, that, that's right. We should end it yeah. right there. Paul died. Paul died. So, what's, so, what's so the, whatever yeah. you know we're talking about, fuck this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's what yep, I there. there he goes. Oh, uh, where's Honky tonight? He is Where locked is in the Honky? closet. Is he? Is he really? Yes. Honky. In the Honky. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Get back in there. Ooh, three honks. Get back in there. Three honks for honky. Three honks for honky. Get that horn shoved up your asshole. (laughs) Poor honky. No respect. Exactly. Oh, I'll tell you, no respect. No respect. (laughs) Oh, here we go. (laughs) That. (laughs) I I grew up more with. It's tough for me because Sting was like Mm -hmm. really influential on. More of a personal influence. Where Paul McCartney was like, I just loved, I loved the Beatles, 
and I do like a lot of Wings songs. Um, when I was listening to that mix today, I was reminded of songs that I had forgotten about. Right. Um, Junior's Farm. Yeah, that's oh, a good jam. I love that. That's a really, that's yeah. a really good. That's fun. Really good. You know, that's a kind of that's a rocking tune. You know? I love how they ended. The 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 the, the sound is like, and he goes, ha, and it ends. I'm like, whoa, that was unexpected. That's kind of magical. He was still when he was doing Wings, they were still. Exp- being very experimental, uh-huh. like sure. I was talking about the uh, Al- Uncle Albert song. Think about all the different kind of like, I mean, there's all just like different like movements in that. Uh huh. Yeah. All yeah. kind of stuff going on, and, but and it gets on pop radio. Mm-hmm. Um, I res- so, I respect them both. So St- Sting doesn't do stuff like that. What Sting I think was able to do was to take a lot of ideas and and kind of sneak them in, like disguise them as just three minute pop songs and when mm-hmm. you but when you sit down and try to play them you're like your fingers get all tangled up because you what the <laughs> fuck kind of chord is this you get arthritis how did he get that <laughs> it's it's some uh, really crazy shit that uh, that that he was doing i i just grew up more with staying paul mccartney again in my mind was always this sort of like older guy who was like he was like a he was the like a patriarch of mm-hmm, rock mm-hmm. and i always respected him and i love the Beatles and I do love Wings uh, you know I, I don't know if I can say one I definitely would never say one is better than the no. other but I think they are slightly different uh, just in terms of the sort of flavor that they have Paul doesn't like I said Sting has that more kind of um, intricate kind of jazz thing going on whereas Paul does he has a, he has a different approach that doesn't mean Paul doesn't know chords because he plays he's a very good uh, piano player <clears throat> and he's a solid guitarist. Sure. A lot of people don't realize. I believe he plays. Was he play the one first? Of the, the first solo on Let ba- It Be on maybe on Maze. Maybe on Maze. Yes, maybe he plays Maze. the first guitar solo. In yeah, it. he that. That's him. Yeah. That, you know, so so he can he can rock out on the guitar. Sure. Too. And he owns a '59 left-handed <laughs> flame top flame top Les Paul. Les Paul. Oh yes. my goodness. Yes. <laughs> what Ooh. is that going to go for at auction? Probably a buck fifty, dollar dollar seventy five. Like maybe. like da- yeah. David, David. I think David Gilmore's guitar went more for more than Eric Clapton's, if I remember. I think really? it, was, right. yeah. it was the most ex- highest selling guitar ever. David Gilmore is, in my opinion, I think, in terms of the pantheon of guitarists, has kind of surpassed Eric Clapton. I think that like mm. he's so way like, more like. You know, I, I think that his mute. I don't. I, I think that he has. I think that there's way more about him out there, and way more veneration for him now. Um, <clears throat> not at the, when he was current with Clapton when they were at the same time. Of course, Clapton's God, right? <clears throat> but I think that. So I don't know what David Gilmore did, but he found a way to kind of continue to be relevant. He's still talked about. I mean, right? Um, he still tours. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's, you know, and he sounds great and everything. But anyways, we are digressing there. I just real, I wouldn't put one over. Like I say, when I say verses, it's just a because. Okay, all right. So I've got to fit it, you know, in, in the podcast title <laughs> and on YouTube and stuff like it. Just let it use it to go verses. Then, then you know, compare and contrast the music of Sting and the music <laughs> of Paul McCartney. Yeah. That's a mouthful of language yes. that nobody needs. Sting versus Paul <sighs> McCartney. What do you guys think? Out there in podcast land, what do you? Who do you like better? Whose Ooh. music are you rocking out to more? 
Your thoughts are important to us. All right, nobody cares. Bastards. <laughs> we say that with love, though. Lizards, buzzards, bastards. <laughs> well, Bill was like concerned his daughter was listening to the show. Yeah, for a that's second. awesome. <laughs> My God. We really, well, <laughs> really need to post that. You disclaimer said you were sweating your beginning. dick off. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy? Is he really sweating his dick off? <laughs> Get him out of here. Hockey! <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. There you have pretty much what, you know, just think about it, guys. Just think about what amazing musicians these two guys are. And I've never heard Sting say that, like, yeah, Paul McCartney's like, well, totally, I don't want to be just like, uh, I never heard <laughs> anything like that. Yeah. But you do see. It just happened to fall on the same path. It just happened to happen mm-hmm. to fall on the same path. And maybe, again, with the Beatles being so. There's nobody who isn't. I remember hearing an interview in like the early 80s with Leonard Skinner and they were, they were like, oh, who your biggest influence? They were like, oh, definitely the Beatles. I'm like, yeah, it sounds like, not like the fucking Beatles. Leonard Skinner does not sound like the Beatles. Right, nope. right. <clears throat> but, but everybody was in for Kiss. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were like, Absolutely. I mean, if you read uh, uh, Gene Simmons' book, I mean, he goes on and on. Like, that's when him and Paul Stanley wanted was a four pieces. Everybody wrote, everybody mm-hmm. sang. It was like their whole... In fact, that they do the I think their first album. It's the Four Faces. They yeah, said that was exactly. They were trying to do you know the Beatles thing. Right, exactly. There are thrash metal bands that cite the Beatles as an influence. Yeah. So yeah. everybody has the Beatles as an influence right. somewhere at some time. And, and you know, and as greatest thing is you don't have everybody saying that the police. That's is the truth. Right. Well, that's true. <clears throat> the police is great. Um, I think there you know there's and there's those bands that are sort of subliminal influences mm-hmm. on a whole thing that people don't really. You know, maybe 30 years later, somebody goes and says, do you realize that, like, how much, you know, everybody was influenced? Like, a band, for instance, <clears throat> that a lot of, I remember a lot of guys talking about, but they were not real popular, at least in America, like on the radio, was The Clash. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I mean, they got a couple songs that kind of mm-hmm. broke a little bit. But so many bands, like, like you too love The Clash. Like, yeah. And, you know, they, they were, oh my God, The Clash, The Clash, The Clash. So that's a good example of a band that was like, on their own weren't like but they have that effect on everything right right you know right. and there's some metal bands like that too that have, you know that metallica and these different bands site that were like they were you know they, they weren't like nobodies but they didn't have like big hits so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. speaking of big hits next week we're going to be talking about uh 10 classic rock staples that never broke the charts never went on never never made the, never made the top 40 charts mm, mm-hmm. and there is a plethora of them like songs that you go like you know that had to be a, nope nope well not on the nope. charts yes everybody knows it everybody knows every mm-hmm. word to it everybody rocks out to it every but it day, didn't make it but yeah. it did not make it on the charts uh, that'd be fun so i would just tell y'all all y'all out all there y'all. is is to sit down and listen to some paul mccartney and some sting this week have sure. some fun with it yeah. you know it's it not gonna hurt you Eating some turkey, listening to Paul McCartney. So we're gonna talk. Um, we're gonna talk new and notable. Okay. So, Mr. Pittsburgh, let's start with you. Why don't we do that? So, <clears throat> hey Lou, you just know me, right? I always get my stuff from the TikTok, right? Oh boy. Uh, this band came up on my for you page, and I'm like, well, okay then. The name of the band is Black Rock Candy. Well, I like the name, don't you? The name sounds wonderful. 
Yeah, Black Rock Candy is a rock band from Southern California that boasts an eclectic sound of rock, classic rock, blues, alternative, and pop with their original music. And it it really is. It's very cool. I'm like, it's kind of hard, but it's kind of not so hard. Yes, that hard. That's that hard. (laughs) Um, It says here that lead singer Taylor Hart, a lovely lady, will captivate you with her incredible vocal abilities, mirrored by Izzy, uh, uh, that's their guitarist. Uh, Not Izzy Stradlin. No. It's somebody else. They don't give a last name. Oh, they're very oh. mysterious. Hello. Yes. Um, but uh, Izzy's colorful guitar riffs and solos. Uh, Aaron, who's on drums, will have you on your feet with his high-energy drum ensembles. He'll have me on uh, my back. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> this isn't them. That's not them. No. <laughs> Lou's jumping the gun over there. Mother um, Superior jumped the gun. But yeah, their music talent has afforded them the opportunity to perform at many festivals and legendary venues, including the House of Blues in Anaheim, the Mint in Los Angeles, Lake Havasal Winterfest, Colorado River Run, and the Viper Room in Whiskey Go-Go in Hollywood, of California. Course. Yeah, so... Of yeah, it was a fun, it's a fun little band. I'm Whiskey like, yeah, I think I'll mention those little guys. That's what I'd said. I said nice. that. Are, are they all female or no? No, just the lead singer. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that, there, guitarist. Just because you got long hair doesn't mean. I love their logo, with a little lollipop. Uh huh. That's super fun. Yeah, lollipop, lollipop, oh, lollipop, lollipop. You did the. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I see. I see. Uh, uh, Ampeg, Marshall. Marshall. We got a nice uh, jazz bass jazz going on there. Jazz bass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find jazz. So check it. Yeah, they actually have a full the actual website blackrockcandyband.com. Yeah. So you can check them out. I'm going to go ahead, copy. I'm going to put that in the show notes. There you so, go. So all y'all, so all y'all can um, can do it. I um. Nope, you're not going to let me That's, do that. Oh, those sons of bitches. Those bitches of sons. <laughs> um, no, I have to do Oh, this. yes. So my band... Yes? ...is Heroes and Monsters. Oh. I, I, and unfortunately, they don't have a dot .com. No. I don't know. They have to get... They're on Facebook, though. That's yes, them. Yes, they are. <laughs> wow, Three-piece rock band. Yeah. <coughs> Just really good. Ram it down your throat. Rock and roll. They they just released a song. Listen. Yeah, buddy. They just released a song a couple of days ago called Raw Power. Is that the one we listened yeah. to today? Oh, yeah, it's really yeah. good. It's excellent. Um, there's a kind of Foo Fighters meets Fast Way. Kind yeah. Of, kind yeah. Of oh, fun. Yeah. Okay. Kind of sound. The, the lead guitar player is really hot. Just really. There's two guitar solos in the song. I like there's that, one, Lily. <clears throat> there's one like in the middle of the song and then like on the outro he rocks out at the end just just really good raw rock and roll this is uh, uh, these guys are on that Frontiers music okay. that's how I uh, they, they showed up on a playlist Frontiers music has some stuff I think is really cool and they have some stuff that I think is really kind of eh but this yeah. is really cool this is really good Real, they're, I mean they're they, they when you when you watch the video like you tell they totally mean it like it's they're a real rock and roll band yeah it's uh, very cool. Good stuff. I like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, they. I'm not seeing a uh, like a website. Like a web, like an, wait, yeah. hit the about button here. Yeah. Nope. Nothing. Uh, nope, nope. nope. So you just nope. gotta if you Google them, Heroes of Monsters band, they'll take you to their social media stuff. There you go. 
Nice. <laughs> Somebody posted the Beavis and Butthead thing where they're rocking out. Yeah, head yeah. banging. <clears throat> no, there's their logo. Even their logo is pretty, it's pretty cool. Look cool. at that little guy. <laughs> Look at that little. Ooh, oh, a D. V. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, cool we're geeks. Yeah. Cool mess. I'm not looking at so, the time, but that's fine. Oh, is that? Oh, well, that's all right. Like, these are long-haired, tattooed guys. Yeah. Look who they're hanging out with here. <laughs> Taylor. 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 Every time I hear that, I think of Planet of the Apes. Taylor. <laughs> we Bright are geeks. Eyes. We are geeks. Yeah, you are. Just a little. Black rock candy. Nerd, nerd, nerd. Shh. <laughs> and heroes and talking about So what do you guys think? Yes. Would you would you pay five thousand dollars to see Taylor Swift? Not a fucking chance. No. In there, are, there are tickets apparently from resellers like like thirty thousand. Thirty thousand uh, today ninety four thousand dollars. <laughs> Whoa! I saw it this morning. Ninety four thousand dollars. And if you pay that, you're fucking brain dead. Yeah. Wow. I don't care how much you love your kid. No. Nope. Dumb. No. <laughs> <laughs> My wow. parents said no to me all the time. You can't yeah. afford that. Okay. Yeah. And we just went, oh, okay. And just got on with your life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, well. Your kids will not, like, they'll be fine. Uh-huh. You don't have, please don't go mortgaging your house. Do you Taylor honestly want to, like, be gouged by Taylor Swift of yeah. all the people? Is she going to come out and blow world? me? No. She's not. No, then I'm not paying that kind of money. <laughs> The only one, ironically, the only one that can afford a Taylor Swift uh, concert ticket is Taylor Swift. Legit. Yeah. After she already canceled one show, like one tour, she hasn't played in like, what, three years since the pandemic, Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. you're going to go and gouge your fans? Go fuck yourself. Sorry. Right up the butt. (laughs) What? um, Yeah. Here's what I take umbrage with. First of all. Everybody now look. I am no fan of Ticketmaster. I don't like the Monopoly thing at all. I like. I don't even like playing Monopoly. I do as long as it's not with my brother-in-law, because he's brutal. But anyway, go ahead. Wow. (laughs) Place keeps. He's evil. (laughs) Do not pass. Go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. That's all I remember. Do not. Do not collect ninety-four thousand dollars. Yeah, from your fans. So everybody, so I'm I'm enough, and this thing where they merge with Live Nation and everything, eh, um, I have I take umbrage with 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 a lot of that type of stuff. I think that we need to have local ticketing places again, and that's mm-hmm. how we need to do it. Yep. I agree. Yep. That you know they come to local towns, so the ticketing and everything should be taken care of in the market right. where you're going to get the tickets, mm-hmm. and that should be mm-hmm. the end of it. Um, there, Kevin and I were talking, we were at lunch today, and we were talking, and there are certain things I think we're finding out that don't work well digitally, okay? You have to have the physical thing, okay? Right. Uh, voting. <laughs> <laughs> All right? That is one of them. Tick, you know, tickets for anything, mm-hmm. even sporting events. Like, this is ridiculous. Print the fucking tickets. Right. You're not killing that many trees. Some of us really like those. Yeah, yeah, and yeah you can and keep them, save keep them. them. That's my yeah, keepsake. I still have my tickets. tickets. Like, I have all my tickets. What are you doing? You're like, you're pooping all over everything that like is cool. Well, one of the things is super cool about, and you know, it was always kind of a badge of honor about like how how long you camped out for tickets. Right, and right, like that. right. It was like, you know, come on, man. Can't we 
Gee, these little yeah. kids are crying. I can't believe I have to wait in line online for two thousand people. In front wait of online. online. Get I got to out of my on. face. I sat outside of National Record Mart until I could yes. go in and Look, buy a ticket. Here's what waiting online is. You, yeah. This is in your back pocket, and you can sit there and watch TV you, you can do or whatever. masturbate or whatever yeah. it is that you do. <laughs> till your, you could be at work or school mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and still cry me a river, and I will. Ride in my little canoe with snacks on your tears. <laughs> on your tears. I'll ride. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Get away from me, little children. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, so, what you don't realize, and nobody's talking, what <laughs> very few people are talking about. The artists are the ones who could stop this. Right. Right. They're not going to. They could absolutely stop yeah. it. Now, there is an article that I came across today. Yes. By the boss, Bruce Springsteen. Oh. No, do not send me push notifications. <laughs> so, here's. So, the issue is the dynamic pricing system. If they, if the ticket, if there's high demand, then they can charge more. So in other words, so in other words, instead of tickets being three hundred dollars, they start out at three hundred dollars, but then it looks like there's a big demand. Uh-huh. So this gives them permission to jack the price. That's fucked uh-huh. up. And I get it. It's you know it's uh, that's that's capitalism. Um, and I get everybody wants to make money. Here's what Springsteen says. I'm going. Hey, why shouldn't that money go to the guys that are going to be up there sweating three hours a night for it? It created an opportunity for that to occur. And so at that point, we went for it. I know it was unpopular with some fans, but if there's any complaints on the way out, you can have your money back. Mm. Uh huh. We'll see. Good luck with that. <laughs> um, I'm told I take a lot of things in stride. You don't like to be criticized. You certainly don't like to be the poster boy for high ticket prices. It's the last thing you prefer to be, but that's how it went. You have to own the decisions that you've made and go out and just continue to do your best. And that was my take on it. I think if folks come to the show, they're going to have a good time. Mm -hmm. Look, we're forgetting one other thing. What's that? The most important the yes. most important factor in this equation yes. is you. Don't mm-hmm. buy the fucking tickets. Don't buy the tickets. Just don't go. Mm-hmm. Just don't go. Right. There are a gazillion concert performances of Springsteen on YouTube. You have a big screen TV with surround sound. You can sit there. <laughs> you can get drunk with your friends. And you can rock out just like you're at a concert. When you go to the concert. Okay, this is like this really frosts my backside. Ooh. When you go to a concert these days, what are you doing? You're watching it on the fucking jumbotron or Usually, whatever. Anyway, yeah. right? Yeah. No, but, so you're watching on TV anyways. You can spend five thousand dollars <laughs> to watch something on TV. You're a fucking moron. And waiting moron. in line for a bathroom. That's bullshit. Yep. Eight dollars a beer. Never, you uh. you're out of your goddamn mind. There is nothing, and it's not even, concerts aren't, aren't even like a concert atmosphere anymore. When no. concerts were in an arena, right? okay, yeah. much smaller, you could actually, the okay, the band then was about the size of G.I. Joe dolls. Right. You know, or something like that, but, you know, but now they're like 
microscopic right. TV. You have to watch yeah, the, the stadium. The, yeah. It's it, you know it's stupid and and the and it would be loud and you'd be meeting other people and you'd be rocking out and everything like that. But that's not what concerts are anymore. They're like this festival and people are like mm-hmm. milling around and it, it, you know what are you doing? What are you fucking doing? Everybody's there with their or the other thing that and, you know I did this at the Black Crows. You know I looked through the viewer on my cell phone. Yep. Yeah. At, well, at, that's what everybody's doing anyway. Yeah, yep. People do that like really. Oh man! And I, I mean, I don't know what you're doing. I mean, most of these places don't even like you know they don't want you tailgating or anything. Like, fuck that. There's no way, man. I would spend. You know, I I remember. Um, I ended up breaking up. A, I ended up ending a relationship over U2 tickets. I wasn't going. <laughs> I just wasn't going on fucking nope. principle. It no. was fucking stupid. Fuck yep. you, Bono. <laughs> you rich motherfucker! I don't. I don't have a problem with anybody making a living. I don't uh-huh. have. I don't have a problem with anybody making a living at all, at all. And if Springsteen was going to charge five thousand dollars for like, okay, I'm going to perform like in a library, and right. you, I'm going to tell stories that nobody else knows, Q and, and it's a. Be real intimate. And I'm going to do Q and A, and I'm going to sign anything you bring. That's worth five thousand dollars for hardcore Springsteen. Fan. Yeah, that makes total sense. But not to go watch you on TV, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm speechless. <laughs> I, I, not I just, really. I worry about our society that people are even con- that it's, doing it, it that. shouldn't even be a thing. Like when the ticket prices came out, they were that high. They should be like, <laughs> wrong. Fuck you. We're gonna just gotta yeah. listen to the record. In fact, Taylor, I download your shit for free. Ah, <laughs> uh, ding. <laughs> I can watch any of your shit on YouTube. Actually, I, don't I don't need listen. to mm-hmm. give you a goddamn mm-hmm. dollar. I don't listen to any of her music anyway. I listen no. to the cover by I Prevail that is, sounds fantastic. Um, <laughs> Justin Hawkins, I posted a link uh, in the show notes. He has a little take on it. I don't completely agree with him either. Again, I think he's miss- everybody's missing the point. Don't go. Yeah. Don't go. Right. Just don't. I'm not, I'm not trying to organize some big boycott of anybody. But it, just use your heads, guys. That, what could you, most of us, what we, if you had an extra $5,000, yeah. there's something you could do something Probably with get a new car. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. Pittsburgh, what if you had an extra $5,000? A new guitar, or two, or three, or five. Right. There's a lot better ways to spend mm-hmm. $5,000. And those of you guys that are spending twenty and 30000 <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, there were always scalpers. Yeah, but that was but limited 5, because they had to f- get physical tickets too. Right, right, exactly. So they couldn't. So they can't do what they can do now, which is like you know, they're probably. I imagine these resellers. They probably have in back doors at Ticketmaster, people feeding them tickets. Uh-huh. You know, and everybody's making money under the table or off the books or whatever. It's it's and the you know, fuck you. And the the, the, the other thing order. is the artists could put a stop to it. Oh, the artists could to, no. absolutely put a stop. They could. Get, there's no reason why the artists couldn't go to the venues and work directly with the venues. Uh huh. Their management could do it and everything like that. Number one. Number two. The other thing that I, I, I would suggest, and I would, I think this is a way better way to do it. I think it's more economical because <clears throat> everybody's talking about the high cost of touring, the fuel. Uh, you know, which makes everything like the hotel rooms there and go up. Jace. Instead of playing one night at the giant Guga Stadium, find an, a find a small arena and play three, four nights, mm-hmm. maybe five nights. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Springsteen has a residency in Pittsburgh, you know, right. at the AJ Palumbo Center for the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody can go see him, and even people from Cleveland can come and everything like that. And if you really, and if and if you thought there was going to be an issue with you know tickets or whatever, you could limit them. You could say, well, you can only come, you know. If you want to come to two shows, you have to buy that super in advance. Yeah. And it's right. Like, you know, whatever. You do, you can't, you, you know. So give everybody a chance. Every, get everybody a chance. Because that I might go to because then I would feel like I'm going to a concert and I'm looking at Springsteen. I'm not watching him on a television. Right. Mm-hmm. It, this, this doesn't make any sense. There's better ways to do it. They would save money on fuel. They oh, would yeah. save money on hotels and everything because they could come. They, you came to Pittsburgh and you were going to do a week residency somewhere. You know, the hotel is going to give you a better deal buying five, six nights worth of rooms uh-huh. instead of buying just right. one night. Mm-hmm. This is this is way better ways of doing this whole thing to give people a way better experience. Yes. I mean, what are you going to see? You're watching on TV and then they have all this crazy electronic Oh, yeah. Stuff that's <laughs> happening that's not real and doesn't have anything to do with the music. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, man, I, w- I really just wondered if if Taylor just put together six, seven-piece band, just went out and just played. Just played. Here's mm-hmm. my songs. I'm just yeah. going to play. Would, how, would it still get over? Would people still want to see it? No. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say no because she has a whole stage show. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm all for, like, putting on a show, but and I think what's happened with some of this stuff, it's just overshadowing the music. I mean, and one of my favorite bands was Rush, and you could make that argument about them, too, but I think that enough people knew they weren't, like, a big pop band. Though, right. You know, right. so there's that that might be a little bit of a different search. But I don't know if paid no. I, I had what? What did I have at, uh, when I went to see Snakes and Arrows? I had, like, fourth row. I just mm-hmm. paid the regular ticket price. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. you know what I mean? I've seen was... Rush twice, and I think we paid 25 bucks to see them. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know what I paid, $35, $89 maybe. I mean, I was it in wasn't the lawn, no hun- it, it wasn't 100 bucks. No, I know what it was. No. <laughs> so, anyhow, um, see you, Mr. Pittsburgh. He'll be back. He's getting me an, he's getting me an alcohol. An alcohol. <laughs> so... That's my sort of take on it. I mean, I think we're kind of all in like agreement said, that it's absolutely. If parents are paying this amount of money for their kids, this is Taylor Swift, you're fucking brain dead. I'm sorry. You need, you somebody are. needs to call CYS. Yeah. <laughs> your kids do not get to fucking dictate that, what you do with that your That is like. <laughs> Thank you. I'm back. You yeah. can say no. I assure you. It's okay. Oh, yeah. It's very easy. I did it. I did it for my kids. <laughs> I, this... Before yes, before yes. there was Madonna yeah. or Lady Gaga yeah. or Cher, Cher or Diana Ross oh, yeah. or um, I uh, Dolly Parton sure there was Rosemary Clooney, Clooney. <laughs> she was the hottie mm-hmm. she was the sexy singer actress. That all the guys wanted to get with. I uh, she was born. Um, she uh, on this day was at number one of the UK singles charts with "This Old House." The song 19. was number one uh, for Shaken Stevens in '81, so somebody had remade it. Yeah. Yeah. Her nephew George Clooney was a pallbearer yes. at her funeral in 2002. This day in 1954. Yes. This day in 1954. So going way back, and we're not even starting with the Beatles. What's wow? Okay. Okay. So let's get to the king of rock and roll, or the, you know, 
what a lot of people call the king of rock and roll. You know, we he's have the king. Different... There's other titles There's for, the, for the other guys. <laughs> 1955, RCA Records purchased Elvis Presley's recording contract from Sam Phillips oh. at Sun Records for an unprecedented. Precedented, Precedented oh, sum yes. of $35,000. <laughs> in September 1931, RCA Victor introduced the first 33 and, 33 and a third RPM, RPM records record. sold to the public. The, and later in 1949, RCA Victor introduced the 7-inch 45 RPM fine group vinyl record. This fine was group. an era when um, the music industry, musicians, and music technology were all kind of under one umbrella. Mm. And um, it worked really good. It worked out awesome. The, the, they all kind of fed each other. They would see as music was changing, the technology would evolve. As the technology evolved, music would change, allow them to do more and more stuff. They, they're out, the long-playing album, the LP, uh, was a real revolution. And it, it mm -hmm. really, you could argue that this is what allowed 10 years later the, the big the classic rock bands to really be able to do what they did with album rock. Um, but yeah, yeah, cool. That's an interesting statistic. Uh, Mr. Pittsburgh. On this day, 1960, the Beatles played the Kaiser Keller Club in Hamburg, Germany without George Harrison. Aww. Oh, my God. Oh, I do remember Humbug. this. Oh, my. The guitarist had been deported on this day for being underage. What? Oh, he was 17 and not legally allowed to remain in the nightclub after Aww. midnight. Oh, I can man. understand why he would be asked to leave the nightclub, but deported, <coughs> but that deported? seems a little rough. Aw, poor baby. Um, Maurice Williams and the Zodiac went to number one on this uh, day on U.S. singles charts with Stay, the shortest ever U.S. number one single at one minute and 37 seconds. So, it's a one-hit wonder, the uh -huh. shortest ever, and it's called Stay. <laughs> <laughs> Go uh, Very famously remade By Jackson Brown yes. On Loadout yep. Right. Yep, sure. uh, go ahead 1970 Two months after his death Jimi Hendrix was at number one On the UK singles chart With Voodoo Child The closing track On Electric Ladyland The third and final album By the Jimi Hendrix Experience This was the guitarist's Only UK number one single Hendrix solo on the track was named the 11th greatest solo of all time in Guitar World's 100 Greatest Guitar Solos. Interesting. On this day, 1970, your we friends... We skipped 1969. I know. Oh, I got, I'm like, oh, man. On this day, 1970, the Partridge Family. Yes, the Partridge Family, Aww. everybody, started a three-week run at number one on the U.S. singles chart with I Think I Love You. <laughs> the song was featured in the first episode of the Partridge Family TV series made by the same company that made the monkeys. Nice. Hey, hey, it's the monkeys. They should, oh, man, they should have, like, brought those two universes together. The Partridge Monkeys. Yeah. Well, they brought the monkeys on with the Brady Bunch. <laughs> right? This day in 1971, Elton John kicked off a 13-date UK tour at the Coventry Theatre promoting his new album, Mad Man Across My Daughter. The album cover for Mad Man Across My Daughter was embroidered over two weeks by Janice Lar Larkham, wife of the album art director David Larkham. She used the back of an old Levi's jacket, and the original was gifted to John. Mm. 1974, Wilson Pickett was arrested in New York City for possession of a dangerous weapon after he pulled a gun during an argument. Oh, come on. Where's your sense of humor in New York? <laughs> on this day, 1975, at the start of Elton John Week in Los Angeles, the singer received a star on Hollywood's Walk of Fame. Well, very good. Speaking of piano men, yes. on this day, 1976, the... Strang 
What the fuck are you talking? The Stranglers? The Stranglers? Stranglers. Okay. The Stranglers, <laughs> supported by Chelsea, Chelsea, appeared at the Nashville, London, England. So Nashville is in London, England. I'm completely lost. There's a lot of things This going was on Billy there. Idol's last gig with Chelsea, who then went on to join fame in the punk band Generation X oh, yeah. before becoming a solo artist. Interesting. Why do I get the weird ones tonight? Fascinating. 1980, Don Henley was arrested oh, after a naked 16-year-old girl was found at his home in Los Angeles suffering from a drug overdose. He received a $2,000 fine with two years probation. Oh, Don. Hey, Don. What the hell's going on? On this day, 1981, Queen and David Bowie were at number one in the UK with Under Pressure. They recorded the song together when both acts were working in a Swiss recording studio. It was David Bowie's first released collaboration with another recording artist. Mm. Sweet. Yes. This day in 1981, the lovely and talented mm. Olivia Newton-John started a 10-week run at number one on the U.S. singles charts with the song Physical. Mm. The singer's fourth U.S. number one went to sell over 2 million copies became a number seven hit in the UK. Uh, yep. The guitar solo played by Steve Lukather. Oh, oh of fun. Course. Yes. 1983, Michael Jackson's 14-minute video for Thriller was premiered in Los Angeles, directed by John Landis and co-starring former Playboy centerfold Ola Ray. Oh <laughs> the video contains a spoken word performance <laughs> by horror film veteran Vincent Price. The video was filmed at the Palace Theater in downtown Los Angeles. The zombie dance sequence at the junction of Union Pacific Avenue and South Calzona Street in the East Los Angeles and the final house scene in the An- Angelino-, Angelino Heights neighborhood at 1345 Carroll Avenue. Well, that's yeah, actually that that's works. That's LA. Yeah. There you go. On this day, another Billy Idol. A lot of Billy Idol. Uh, 1987, Billy Idol knocked Tiffany. That was a nice of him. Billy Idol knocked Tiffany from the number Up. one single. What? Nothing. Oh, I know I heard what you said there, Lily. You're so silly. Uh, from the number one single position on the U.S. charts with his version of Tommy James, Moni Moni. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, Tiffany had been number one with another Tommy James song, I think we're alone That's now. hysterical. Do you know what Moni stands for? No. Mutual of New York. Oh. Tommy was trying to figure out what to name this, like how, what to fit it, and he looked out his hotel window, and it was Mutual of New York, but the M-O-N-Y was really big, and he's like... Money. Yeah, there money, it is. money. It's mutual. <laughs> I New thought York. it was something to do with money. So what kind of it is? Hey, kind, kind of it is. is, yeah, yeah. On this day in nineteen eighty eight, Led Zeppelin guitarist Jimmy Page set out on his first ever solo tour mm. uh, at the Hummingbird Birmingham, appearing with uh, John Miles and the son of Zeppelin drummer John Bon J- uh, John Bonham, Jason Bonham. Jason Bonham. Uh, yeah, that was uh he did this record, the Outrider album, and if you guys haven't heard it, it's interesting, you should check it out. It's uh, it was Jimmy like it's no like real like band project. It's not the firm. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. like not really anybody else famous. Just him doing some stuff, and they had a singer, and it's it, it's pretty good. Cool. 1990, Mick Jagger married Jerry Hall in Bali. The marriage was declared null and void on thir- <laughs> August 13th, 1999, after a judge ruled that the six-hour ceremony in Bali was never registered. Ha! Lucky. Uh, <laughs> Get out of my house. <laughs> no alimony for you. <laughs> oh, you want to do it, Lils? Yeah. God, Lily can do another one. 
1991, Aerosmith made the guest appearance in the Simpsons TV animated comedy. Other acts who have appeared on the show included Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Smashing Pumpkins, Sonic Youth, U2, The Moody Blues, The B-52s, The Who, R.E.M., Fish, Blink-182, Metallica, and The White Stripes. I actually have the Joe Perry figurine of the Simpson character. Really? Yes. (laughs) On this day, 1992, Charles and Eddie were at number one in the UK singles chart with Would I Lie to You? The debut, the debut sing, debut the single debut. by the pop suit. Oh my god, I was doing so well. Okay, I'm just saying 1994. <laughs> Thank you, Lou. The, after a five-year wait, the Stone Roses released the single "Love Spreads." Oh, I In true Roses fashion, the group turned down an appearance on the BBC's uh, show "Top of the Pops" to promote the new single. I uh, bought this album yeah. ba- because I heard the song on Quick Rock. Mm-hmm. And loved it, and it is the best song on the album. These guys are like kind of like critics, darlings, and I mean, I think they're okay, but I never really was like loved them. But yeah. the song "Love Spreads" is a great fucking song. It sure oh does. 1995, legendary manager of Led Zeppelin, Peter Grant, died from a heart attack at age 60. Mm. Known as being one of the shrewdest and most ruthless managers in rock history, Grant secured 90% of concert gate money and intimidated record store owners who dealt in bootlegs. Wow. The former wrestler also worked as a film extra and bodyguard. During the early 60s, Grant worked as a tour manager for Bo Diddley, the Everly Brothers, Little Richard, Chuck Berry, Eddie Cochran, Gene Vincent, and the Animals. Nice. Wow. On this day, 2003, record producer Phil Spector appeared before a California court and was formally charged with murder. B-movie actress Lana Clarkson. Aww. Um, Mr. Fer- Mr. Fargus's wife in Fast Times at Ridgemont High yep. had been found at his mansion in February of this year with a fatal gunshot wound to her face. Jesus yeah, Christ, so Specter! Specter pleaded not guilty to her murder during a brief hearing in Alhambra. Okay, thank you. Near Los Angeles and was released on one million dollar bail. One never, million dollars. <laughs> never kill a hot chick. That's my number yeah, one. Just don't role. do that. Shoot him in the no. face. It's like, come Jeez. on. Okay. Shoot him in the arm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe. 2003. Uh, and an acoustic guitar on which the late Beatle George Harrison learned to play fetched 276,000 pounds. At a London auction. His father originally bought the Egmond, is that what it is? Guitar for yeah. Harrison for three point <laughs> for three dollars and fifty cents or three point five pounds. Another item auctioned was a signed invitation uh, to the post premiere celebrations for the Beatles Hard Day's Night wow. film, which went for seventeen about seventeen. That's cool. Pounds. Wow. I'm not reading that. Nope. I'll do two thousand and seven. The Red Hot Chili Peppers were suing the U.S. network over the name of its TV show, Californication, saying the title was immediately associated in the mind of the consumer with its 1999 album and single release. The band filed a lawsuit against Showtime Network, the makers of the TV show, which featured David Duchovny as a writer going through a midlife crisis. For some TV show to come along and steal our identity is not right, said the band singer <laughs> Anthony on. Kiedis. He described Californication as the signature CD, video, and song of the band's career. No. Wrong. I love that Stop show, yourself. too, man. It was a fun show. I never saw it, but I wanted to. It was yeah. a good show. I saw I saw a few episodes. Yeah, I saw one really season, good. I think. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Uh, 2000, this day, 2009, Peter Doherty uh, was arrested on suspicion of possessing a controlled drug moments after escaping well, a prison. What was controlled? Like, yeah. I get it. <laughs> moments after escaping a, a prison <laughs> sentencing at a court hearing. 
The, the baby shambles singer alleged, allegedly dropped a rap of little blue crystals when he was oh. being frisked by security <laughs> as he entered the court. Hot English. Stone Roses again. Guitarist yeah. John Squire. Art studio burnt down on this day. Oh, That's too man. bad. And um, last one, American actor, singer, songwriter, oh. guitarist David Cassidy died of liver failure at age 67. Well, that this sucks. day in 2017. I drink to that. Um, <laughs> fucked up. Right, just a little. Well, he went. Okay. Remember when he went on Dr. Phil? Yeah. And he, they, oh, he has dementia and stuff. He yep. has dementia. He was drunk. He was drunk. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Lordy Lordy It's like that time I interviewed Life Garrett and he was supposed to be clean. (laughs) He is not. He was not clean. (laughs) Andrew Love of the Memphis Horns, happy birthday. Happy birthday. John Rabbit Bundrick, uh, American-English rock keyboardist. I worked with the Who, Free, uh, Backstreet Crawler, Bob Marley, happy birthday. Lonnie Jordan, American singer-songwriter from the American funk band War, happy birthday. Uh, Gary Pill. Oh, I do not know. Pill. The I would to this. say Pill. Yeah. He played with Sammy Hagar for a long time. Um, joined the band Boston. Um, David Williams, singer, songwriter, musician, best known for his work with the prolific uh, as a pro- prolific rhythm guitarist uh, with acts including Earth, Wind, and Fire nice. and Boz Skaggs. Yeah. Happy birthday, yeah. Livingston Taylor, singer, songwriter, brother of James Taylor. Uh, Asa Bebner, American guitar singer and songwriter Asa Bebner. He was remember he was a member of the Modern Lovers, led by a bunch, a bunch of people I don't know. Bjork, happy birthday Bjork. to Bjork. Margaret, wow, say that ten times fast. Wow, Margaret, happy birthday. Or enough sta- daughter. Ornuff's Look daughter. at you. <laughs> That's uh, a nice Italian name. Uh, Alex James, <laughs> bassist with Blur, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Francis McDonald. From teenage drummer from Teenage Fan Club, Carly Ray. Carly Ray. Drew McFarling. Sure. McFarling, guitarist from Glass Animals. Happy birthday, you okay, sons of bitches! Okay, guys, happy birthday to all y'all. You sons of bitches! All y'all. All y'all. Uh, go to Wolf's Customs, buy some stuff, or you know, get your guitar, uh, your mouth drum harp. set, your Pretty mouth dope. harp, your jaw harp, <laughs> your um, your ass kazoo. Oh, get a custom geez. get a custom paint job done on all those wonderful things. Um, LudiniRockandRollCircus.com is our website. Lots of cool stuff there, including our uh, access to our uh, private Facebook group, uh, where all kind of cool stuff happens, as well as our old YouTube archive with everything we've ever done and interviews with all kind of cool people. So check that out at LudiniRockandRollCircus.com, RockRageRadio.com. Download the app, Lily. Uh, my show on Thursdays is Hot Licks with Lily Six, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the free app Rock Rage Radio. I will be taking the week off this week for the holidays, so do not expect to hear me this Thursday. I will be back next Thursday, and I will have tons of new music. Like, the whole show will be all new music. So. Nice. When you play new music, mm-hmm. like, what kind of bands do you play? It's, um, I go from classic sounding rock to, like, death metal. Mm. <laughs> wow. Anything from so that. It's very eclectic. It is. Yes. Nice. It's something for everyone on my show. Okay. Well, that's, that, that's, and I like something like that because you might go, oh, death metal, but then 
you might listen to something like this more classic rock sounding, and then this death metal thing comes on, and you go like, oh, wait a minute, that's kind of cool. I, I like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get people to listen to more stuff. Be more, be more open-minded. Yes. I, I, I appreciate that. I, that's very cool. Uh, Mr. Pittsburgh, anything you would like to add before yes, we wrap I just, up? Yes, I want to say one thing to our listeners. Please, I, I, I beg you, I beseech you. If you see Lou and I out, please say hello. Please. Make a big deal about these guys. Please. <laughs> They're awesome. Yeah, I know they don't have boobs. No. Yen's a funny. No. You're so funny. Yeah. <laughs> on that happy note, we will catch you all on the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. It's just your sacrifice.